Good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome Hello. to the bullpen. My name is David uh, Mr. Adrian, and I'm Jamie Ramage. Uh, for your hearing pleasure. And for us, and the same pleasure. Today, <laughs> we have a guest today, which is always good. We do. We have uh, a musician from the fine, fine city of Pittsburgh. It's Mr. Shane <laughs> Seeple. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, no worries. So no you are, as I've just said, a musician. Um, you play bass, if I'm correct. Correct. So was that your first like introduction to, to learning an instrument? Was that your first choice or is that like a, have you like started with something else and then found your way to the bass or? So I started out playing guitar um, in like high school, like real late high school. I was real late to the curve. Um, just kind of self-taught and everything. Um, but then in college, I gave orientation to all the freshmen and everything like that. And that's how I ended up meeting all like all my band members. And I was the only one in the band who wasn't like good enough at guitar to continue playing guitar. So I became a bass player out of necessity. Uh, I did not want to play the bass, <laughs> but I actually do prefer playing bass now over guitar just because I was forced to essentially. So but yeah, no, so I kind of just fell into it. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a good time. So, I also had to sing too, which that was also interesting. So. <laughs> did that alter your... So I'm guessing when you learned guitar, you you have you you tend to listen to your favorite bands and like try and listen to the guitar and then try and play along to it. Mm -hmm. Did learning the bass change that in any way? Did you start listening to different bands or different kinds of music? Um, definitely opened my eyes to more bands because like a lot of the favorite bands I listen to are just like really good like punk rock bands and stuff like that, um, where the guitar is just like in your face and that's all you hear. And uh, since I still play like that kind of similar music, uh, you definitely have to like get your ear attuned. So like I started off like really getting into Green Day again with Mike Durant, their bass player. Like I think his lines are just like, they cut through really well. They're super simple, but like they challenge you enough to like move around the bass a little bit more. But then, you know, you start getting into like crazy stuff. Like I got into a lot of like prog and stuff like that, which I can't play very well, but my drummer always challenged me to play it. So like bands like Chon and uh, like Polythia and stuff like that. I, I can't, I can't play anything Polythia related, but Chon, I, I kind of navigated my way around uh, just absurd time signatures and everything like that. And, a lot of the times you could really hear that baseball because they're just doing something absolutely zany in the background. So yeah, yeah. it just really helped me tune my ear to that. And so what's the relationship like with the drum in your current band then? Like, is that something that you, you really like nailed down now? Is that like a, it's almost like a, you know what he's going to play and he knows what you're going to play. Or is Yeah. So um, the band I'm in, I mean, we started in like late 29, like late 2018, early 2019. And he's still the only one that has been playing with me since then. Um, we had a couple lineup changes, which no problem there. But um, we're definitely the ones who just like link up and like sync up the most just because, I mean, we're the rhythm. So we kind of have to be super tight. Yeah. And it just happened to be that like the rhythm has been the thing that's been the most consistent in the band. So, yeah, I, I definitely say we probably do have like the tightest like connection like i can i can see where he's gonna go with it and then i usually just kind of follow that so that's awesome yeah yeah because i always find like the it, it's with some musicians it, it can be like instant like you 
as a bassist, mm-hmm. you like you, you connect with the drummer instantly. Yeah. And sometimes it can just take a little bit of time. Like let's say For you're sure. like a like a bit of a like a I don't know. Like he's a metal drummer and you're more like into like slower rock and it's like it's not always in sync, but when it works, it like it sets the basis for like the entire band. Like it, w- it wouldn't work without it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. We like we we definitely like started like cross paths in terms of our like musical, like what we both prefer to listen to. Like I never listened to like progressive metal or like jazz fusion before I knew this kid. Like <laughs> I was like I was nowhere near that stuff. Like I listened to like crappy myspace metalcore and like punk rock music and then he was like oh dude you should listen to this band like it's like the zaniest stuff i've ever listened to i'm like whoa this is cool and then i would show him some stuff and be like you know this is sick so then we just kind of like cross paths in that way and then when our guitar player that we're playing with now he's been in the band for uh, like about two years now mm-hmm. um he threw another wrench in it too and threw like more musical stuff that we didn't like know a lot about and it's just like we all like work really well together right now too which is awesome yeah yeah Yeah, it makes such a difference as well like even Mm. just rehearsing stuff like you just you get there you set up and it's like you're in there's there's no Mm -hmm. like it doesn't need to click it's just bam you're there um so let's talk about your current band then uh main street detour Mm -hmm. what was it like so you guys when did you say like 2018 2019 you, you got together so you get together, you start writing music, you get excited about playing live music, and then 2020 hits, and you can't do that. Like, what was the what was that like mentally? Like, you work so hard at something, all of a sudden it's like, no, sorry, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it it was rough because like live music just in general just absolutely suffered during the pandemic Mm. like across the whole board like yeah you could put out a record but where are you gonna play um like all like a bunch of venues around pittsburgh started dropping like flies um i mean even some bands were just like okay well i mean if this is a possibility then why are we in this career you know so like a lot of people were just dropping out and um it was just weird because i used to see them on a day-to-day basis because we all went to the same school and uh now i didn't so writing sessions became very interesting over zoom and really yeah yeah so we we wrote over zoom because that's when we really started writing the first ep we put out um in later 2020 is Mm -hmm. that's when we really started to get the ball going for like the first year we were basically a glorified cover band um yeah i'm (laughs) beyond it was it was an all right time it's fair enough yeah yeah so we, we had to start somewhere so we, we did that and then we just decided to write but then you know the world blew up and uh <laughs> yeah so it was interesting just trying to navigate that whole thing because like we, we have a pretty prevalent house show scene around pittsburgh stuff too oh, so like cool. even if you don't play like diy venues or actual venues like people just be like hey come to my house and play in my basement and then you just get like like 50 or 100 people there just jam-packed in the in a room and it's really cool so we tried doing stuff like that to adhere to the CDC guidelines, like later in the middle of 2020, yeah. we only got one show in and it was an outside show at my buddy's farm because we could wow. social distance and we could market it as like, Hey, everybody can stand wherever the heck they want to. Um, but yeah, other than that, we literally didn't do anything else during 2020. We just got it together at my guitarist house, recorded, put that out and then did nothing with it mm-hmm. until april i think of 2021 when the vaccines and stuff started rolling around like people were starting to like cool off about it yeah it was rough 
especially since we didn't have anything to our name, you know? Like, like I said, we were just playing covers and stuff. So they're like, oh, we can put out our music now. And it's like, no, no, you can't. And so it just it just got further and further delayed. We didn't get enough momentum there. But we're in a good spot now, so I'm happy about it. But, so, yeah, it was rough, though. What, what was that feeling like of finally being able to play that EP live then? Like, the, the, the gap between writing the EP and actually finally playing it live, like, that must have been, like, agonizing. So, like, what was the initial, like, first gig back like you, you played the the new stuff for the first time like, what was that like yeah so that gig that we played at the farm we had like i want to say like a little over half of it written so we played like two or three songs which people were like oh like that's cool like this is some cool original music and stuff um but then we had like the whole thing out and it was like april i want to say and it just felt great like i, I there was just this whole new energy to the live music scene again because people were just able to do it i yeah, think people yeah. really took advantage of hey like so we had that taken away from us so like we need to like ramp up the energy and just like go for it and so it was it was really cool it was really special like playing with all the bands especially us like all the fans were just like happy to be there and it, it was a good time so it was definitely a, a great feeling to be able to play those songs live for people and and so what did that alter the so you say you half wrote the ep did that mm -hmm. change the mentality then when you you finished writing the EP? Like, did you use any of that in any of the existing songs or the, the new songs that you wrote? Did any of that sort of like make a difference? Yeah, I mean, I think we became a lot more grateful for what we were trying to do. So I think a lot of that message might have cut through on some of the newer stuff we're writing now. Or, I mean, we, we definitely changed some of the arrangements around on the stuff we've recorded and put out just because we wanted to freshen it up live and stuff like that. So... Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I definitely would say that was a big part of it for sure. And the Pittsburgh live scene, then, like, what? Mm. You know, des describe that. What's what's that like? Is it a, a good place to be for for musicians? Um, it, it's kind of hit or miss. I'll be honest with you. It's um, I love all of the bands and all the musicians who play in it. Like everybody's like super down to earth. Um, it's it's truly wonderful. We like, really make a community out of it. But um. It, it seems like right now there's nobody like blowing up out of Pittsburgh just because like Pittsburgh is, it's a small, it's a small scene. It's not like huge. Like the only people I can think that have really blown up outside of Pittsburgh are like Wiz Khalifa. Um, yeah. Christina Aguilera went to a high school about 45 minutes North of me <laughs> like that, like really big pop stars. And I'm talking like, I mean, this is the 2000s, 2010s. You know what I mean? Mac yeah. Miller was also from here. Oh, yeah. um, rest in peace. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so like like the hip hop stuff is always and rap has been huge here for a very long time, but the punk rock scene is, is really interesting. Like we have like Anti Flag. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, yeah, yeah. but they're from Pittsburgh. Um, we have a couple bands that um that that are pretty big from that. But other than that, I mean, it's small, tight knit. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody wants to collaborate. Like we we do multi genre shows like all the time. Um, like rap meets rock, all that stuff. The, the only scene I'm not too familiar with is like the indie scene around here. There, it's it's pretty sizable. I just mm -hmm. haven't crossed paths with that. But um, I mean, in terms of also of like touring and stuff like that, it's a good space to be because Buffalo, New York is only three hours north. Um, oh. Cleveland is only about two hours northwest of us, and then you can go to like West Virginia. I mean, like it's a, it's just a good spot to go to other places. So it's also good in that regard, but like like I said, the, the scene it here, like itself here, is uh, it's still growing, but it's that's, cool. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So it's yeah. So 
in many ways, like they, they could just be a breakout band at any moment. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it seems like every like touring band that comes through here, like they always pull from the local scene to like get locals to open for them, which is cool. Cause I know a lot of tours usually just have like a full tour package and like, they just like don't accept anybody just because they're like, Hey, we have five bands on the road. How the heck are we going to get a local on here? But, um, yeah, I mean, like, like my band's opening for the Dangerous Summer in Lake Pacific, which is super awesome. I'm very, you know, grateful for that opportunity. But then, like, some of my other buddies' bands, are like, oh, they opened for Neck Deep, who just came through, which was sick. And, um, yeah, and it's it's just awesome. So, like, I'm happy that we have like such a good local scene to be able to fill those voids for the shows. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about the the Dangerous Summer gig. Um, like, how did that happen? How did you find yourself to be sporting those? Yeah, so that this is probably our biggest show yet, which we're super, super excited for. Um, my other buddy's band had to pull off the date because they just got a new lead singer and they want like the next gig to like come back to be like the best it can be. Hmm. And they felt like they didn't have time to prepare for it. And so I said, Hey, like, could you put a word in, like, say, like, if my band could fill your spot? It was, Oh, yeah, no problem. And then, like, a, like a day later, I get the email like asking us to play. I was like, oh, this is crazy. I didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was super stoked on that. So you guys, I mean, who's who's in charge of the, the booking gigs then in, in the band? Who's, who's the Basically, adult? everything <laughs> is me. So oh, really? Yeah. I mean, besides like the writing and the creative stuff, like I run, I basically run the whole business. So, so. like bookings, uh, promo, social media, that's, that's all you? Yeah. Booking, promo, social media, finances, merch design, <laughs> merch every you you can name it i pretty much do it all wow jesus yeah it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) and it usually always is the basis for some reason (laughs) yeah yeah it is kind of (laughs) weird um let's talk about your band then and and the sort of music you make i mean i listen to it and i think like you say green day it's a Mm -hmm. pretty good example a little bit of weezer in there uh with with some of the, the the vocals i mean how would you describe yourself Sort of like what were the bands that influenced the the songwriting and stuff? Yeah, I'd say on the first EP, um, it was definitely Green Day and Blink-182 and all that stuff. Um, We were young, you know, just kind of, and our old guitar player was like a Green Day mega fan. Mm -hmm. So that definitely cut through a lot there. Um, We're still proud of what we wrote. Just definitely not a fully mature sound for what we wanted. And then the new single we released, um, that was our newest guitar player. Like he came to us with that song. Uh, other than like our parts he wrote everything and uh i think it's just it's a truly different sound for us and i think we we kind of fell into how he wrote more and just kind of liked what he was coming to the table with and so like we got heavily influenced by the philly pop punk scene so our our, you know sister city on the other side of the uh state there um there's bands like modern baseball um the wonder years middle Mm -hmm. fight like i could keep going like their scene's huge like they have like some of all of our favorite bands that have ever come out from that scene. And so we, uh, we also worked with a producer over in the New Jersey Philly area. So he was really, really familiar with um, that sound for the new song. And so he did a really good job mixing it and everything. But um, but yeah, so I would say like right now we're probably gravitating more towards like the, uh, I believe it's called uh, the Tumblr pop punk. It's like that, like kind of downbeat, like sad pop punk, like you hate your hometown kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of sound, and that, I think that's what we, what we kind of grown towards. It's like, um, was it like a grunge meets punk, or like an early punk then, sort of like 
Yeah. Yeah, like down tempo, but really sort of emotional inwardly and that sort of thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned the single. Is that mm-hmm. leading to another EP, or are you just taking it sort of one song at a time? So we we have about half a record written, like completely. We have not like fully recorded. Like we have demos and stuff like that, of course. Mm. Um, it's just that we've been we've been playing like a lot of shows recently. So like the amount of time that we have to write is just kind of individual. We can't really come together. Like when we come together, it's like okay, we got to practice for X gig the next week or X gig in a couple days yeah. or yeah. literally the day of because we do that a lot. <laughs> um, so we're we're trying to compile that. We're trying to get a spring release on a full length. We believe. Okay. So um, we're thinking like maybe like one or two more singles. We're, we have one in the back right now that is is going to be mixed and after here soon. So another single should be following up there. And I think when we put that single out is when we're going to have a, like an album or EP announcement. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Is that the same producer as the EP or are you you mixing it up? So I think we might be mixing it up. I'm not entirely sure yet. That's another thing we have to discuss is we have friends and friends of friends all over the place who do this stuff so we're just like okay like i guess we just got to sit down and listen to like 20 different mixes from a bunch of people and see what we like the best you know so i mean yeah. you're in charge of finances so that is your choice I'm, I'm yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i was like hey guys uh so i uh sent this to 20 people just pay me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then sort of later this year after this this gig on is it monday the day it is monday? this upcoming monday yes is that the last one of the year or you you have you got anything else lined up yeah we got a couple other shows uh in the pipeline right now we're playing uh, another one in downtown and stuff like that just gonna be a fun gig there um we're trying to get a christmas show together just like as a fun gag but uh because we have an absolutely abysmal christmas song that was written in te- that was written in 10 minutes uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh we're trying to do something like that we don't know if that'll actually pan out or not but yeah, we're working on that yeah no that sounds good that sounds yeah. uh, like you've got a lot lot to look forward to absolutely, absolutely. welcome back everybody we are joined by mr shane Seepel from the fine fine city of pittsburgh how you doing fine city indeed <laughs> <laughs> The, the city of bridges, so um, will I be involved? Um, there's a lot of bridges, that's for sure. I think I think there's literally like 400 or something like that in the greater Pittsburgh area included. It's crazy. How many of you visited? Probably at least half of those. I mean, to get to the city from where I at, I have to cross at least three, and that's just like in the downtown area of Pittsburgh. So <laughs> it's crazy. I mean off air jamie did like a ton of um pittsburgh research in in the end oh, right test, test you about the city i think mainly oh no am i about to be a fraud <laughs> and i've forgotten it all now anyway so it's, it's all just just load up that wikipedia page again oh yeah i mean yeah. i mean um, no. <laughs> yeah don't mind me googling the answers if you ask me the questions yeah um <laughs> So yeah, so on the on the uh, Wikipedia it says that a lot of the Dark Knight Rises was filmed in Pittsburgh. It's correct. Um, yeah, how does it feel to have like the Batman in in your fine city? I mean, I am a big Christopher Nolan fan too. I absolutely adore all of his movies. 
Um, the Dark Knight itself is probably my top three of all time. But yeah, the Dark Knight Rises was uh, was filmed here, and I remember that it was it was a cool event. I know like a lot of the uh, streets were like blocked off during certain times. Um, I don't know if you're familiar enough with the film, but like whenever they do like the death or exile thing to make them walk out on the ice, like I'm pretty sure that's the four pit bridge that they're under. And that's like, that's the bridge I take to get across to Pittsburgh. And it's like the most iconic bridge probably there. And so it's just really cool. Like you could see like the golden arches, the bridge above it and like the city in the background. And um, yeah, I know, I think he referenced Pittsburgh for that movie because it it does have that kind of like gotham-esque feeling to it mm-hmm. it's a very historic city it's, it's quite old honestly so i think that fits the the brooding mood of a batman really well yeah. always interests and, me that, um, that all, mo- all movies seem to to be filmed in like either los angeles or or vancouver mm-hmm. but it's like christopher nolan was like no no we're going to go to like pittsburgh we're going to film this movie there and it's going to blow everyone's minds like there's no well, there's a bit of CGI, let's be honest, but he, mm-hmm. hasn't, he hasn't used CGI to make another city look like your city. Like, just yeah, to the it's, it, it's cool, because, I mean, like, in terms of his, like, style of movie making, like, I just think it's absolutely absurd, but, like, wonderful at the same time. Like, for Tenet, his newest movie, it was more, it was cheaper to blow up the Boeing 747 than it was to rent it for the shoot. And then do CG on. So he they literally blew up a plane. Like in the movie, like everything you see is like practical, which is absolutely absurd. And I'm just like, that's great. <laughs> I think that's amazing. <laughs> so, Jamie, what was the stat about the, the bars that you mentioned? Oh, apparently there's more bars per capita in Pittsburgh than anywhere else in the, in the US. Um, I believe it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of places to go and a lot of uh, a lot of alcohol to be consumed for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there's many places in the city. Like, my, one of my favorite places to go was uh, the the South Side. That's where like the big strip is. It's where all so many of the bars are down there. Um, a lot of cool small intimate music venues are down there too. So that's why I spent a lot of my time, uh, late high school and early college, just running down there all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is kind of weird because like you think like, oh, all the bars are probably like, densely pot, like condensed in one area. And you no, know, they are all over the place. Like, I feel like it's a last ditch effort. If you're not doing like well as a business person, just open a bar and it'll do completely fine there. So, but yeah, it, it's interesting though that there definitely is a lot of bars. I did not know it was, it was that high of a statistic. I didn't know we had that many. <laughs> um, I guess here, yeah, I, I, city like that would probably be Norwich because there was, apparently there was like a it was like a pub for every day of the year and a church for every week of the year something silly like that um so yeah twinning <laughs> Pittsburgh <laughs> and Norwich together that's <laughs> never been yeah. done before but. yeah that's um, funny yeah. <laughs> so so I guess it, it's quite a cultural city from what I gathered lots of museums lots of parks yeah, absolutely. We do have a lot of cool parks. It's it's a cool city overall because not many cities are like laid out like it in terms of its geography. I mean, it is literally like downtown is actually like, in my opinion, my least favorite place to go just because there actually isn't too much down there. It's a lot of business buildings. There's a couple cool restaurants, but unfortunately, a lot of the, the good ones really closed during COVID because 
you only go into downtown if you work there. You, you usually, or if you go to school there, because there's two universities downtown. Um, but the surrounding area just has like so much life in it. I mean, it's an old steel town too. So you have that, I mean, Carnegie's empire. I mean, we have like Carnegie PA literally named after him. You know what I mean? He funded all like the public libraries and all these beautiful buildings you see around there. Super historic town. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an old city for sure. Is it your hometown then? Were you born there? It is. Yeah. I, I'm about 30 minutes outside of the city, but yeah, I've been born and raised in Pittsburgh. Nice. Nice. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'll ask, like, is there anywhere else in America or, or the world like that you would live or is this like your home and your spiritual home? Like everything you need is there. Everything I need is essentially here. Um, I live like 20 minutes from an international airport. So if I needed to go somewhere, I could. Um, but I mean, I fell in love with the city of Nashville. I went there plenty of times in the past couple of years. And uh, I, I loved it there. I, I thought it was, I mean, Music City too. So it just kind of speaks to my soul, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Nashville was, was great. Um, I haven't made it out West yet, actually, to like LA and stuff like that. So that stuff piques my interest. But in terms of like a spiritual home, I'm pretty okay with where I'm at right now. So that'll probably change just because like, I want to tour and like see more of the world and stuff like that. Hmm. And I'm sure I'll fall in love with some other place. But for right now, it, it gets the job done. Um, are you a sports fan? 50-50. If you're talking about Pittsburgh sports, we're in a real rut right now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm usually a, a hockey guy. Mm. So, but yeah, football, I mean, I follow football. I follow all that stuff. Yeah. So my that's, family's a huge sports family. So I kind of have to fall into that. That's real hockey, Jamie, not um, the hockey you play. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I, only, I play hockey only in chimp pads, so you know. <laughs> yeah, just saying. You play with a ball on grass. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an it's on AstroTurf. So oh, I'm sorry. To, um, I'm sorry. Pick up to Houston. Yeah, don't disrespect it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a sport I've played in snow before as well. So I have kind of, kind yeah. of, almost. Can. Yeah, so, I, I couldn't uh, play hockey to save my life. So, <laughs> kudos to you. Even if it was like yeah. field hockey or anything like that, I don't know. Yeah. I I, uh, I did like ultimate frisbee. I did track and field and all that stuff. So mm. like that that was my shtick. But yeah, not anymore. <laughs> ultimate yeah. frisbee. But yeah, like, mm -hmm. ex explain. <laughs> are Are you not familiar? I'm not. I don't know if you are, Jamie. Have you? Yeah, surely you've seen Back to the Future Two. Is it? Three, the one where they go out west. That's three. That's, that's three. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Yeah. With yeah, he invents Michael J. Fox invents frisbee from it. Oh wow. And then yeah. So ultimate frisbee though. Know. Like that is Yeah, so it's a, it's essentially like it's like soccer slash football mixed with frisbee. So like like when you throw like when I say football because you can't move, like you throw it and you stop and then the goal is to basically just get to end zone to end zone and you play. Um, there's like offsides. There's a bunch of rules. I don't have to get into the, you know, 
all that detail. But um, yeah, I think it's just it's a blast. I mean, it's it's super competitive, and I, I feel like it doesn't get the uh, the love and attention it deserves. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a blast. You just basically throw frisbees back and forth and try to stop each other and you know score points. It's the typical uh, typical game. <laughs> it's just the idea of something being like ultimate anything like instant is like this is it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah the word ultimate isn't something i would exactly use to describe the sport itself but that is just i mean that is what it is it it sounds way more badass than it actually is (laughs) everyone's just like mad dogging everyone on on the field just like (laughs) um let's go into cinema then because i know you're a huge film fan i mean you've mentioned about batman oh yeah what have you seen recently that's that's piqued your interest? Like, what's what's good at the minute? Uh, I haven't been to like the uh, the theater in a good while, but um, I did see everything everywhere all at once that came out uh, earlier this year, and oh, I loved that film. I've watched it four times in a theater. Literally went four different times to go see it. Um, that was phenomenal. I saw the Doctor Strange movie. I wasn't too big of a fan on that. I I was a Marvel junkie just because like that like started with me in high school and like it went all the way up through college so like i was like there like ride or die yeah. kind of fell yeah. out of it and then dr strange 2 came out and i was like eh, this is this is it's it's like painfully mediocre it's it's not like I, honestly i can't even remember much of the movie just because i was just kind of there but um yeah i saw that and then the batman with uh, robert pattinson earlier this year or was that late last whenever it was i saw that in theaters too and it was uh it was remarkable. I thought it was really well done. I think that was this year. I think was it early? Was it early this year? It was. It was early this year. Mm. I believe so. Um, isn't Michael Keaton from roughly the Pittsburgh area uh, region? I I believe he is. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you that for sure, but I mean, the legacy of the Batman apparently lives in the city. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and Jeff Goldblum. I think I'll be honest with you. I don't know too much uh, like pop culture about the uh, celebrities that live here. I I believe it though. I mean, yeah. there's plenty. Uh, yeah, David's a big Jeff fan. So. Oh yeah, you've got to be next band yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. um, and Michael Keaton for me is is my favorite Batman as well. Like just just and just an actor as well. Like one of the a rare actor that's like he's not a comedy actor mm-hmm. everything he does just cracks me up like so deadpan with his delivery like did you see um oh is it other guys the oh it, will ferrell and yeah Mark i know, I know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. That, that guy from boston <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and michael keaton's like half um, like police chief, half like Bed Bath and Beyond salesman, and he like yeah, the both, <laughs> both both worlds cross over. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I do remember that one. Gotta say though, Christian Bale, I think is my favorite Batman. Well, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, and and it's it's not even like oh, it's because like I love Christopher Nolan, so like I feel like I'm partial to Christian Bale. I don't know, his delivery is just like incredible i i watched like uh gq does like this series where they like go through all the uh like they'll have an actor and actress on there and they'll talk about that there was popular roles 
And like Christian Bale is like just such like a humble, nice guy. And like I watched his interview about like the Dark Knight stuff, and I was like, man, like this guy's just like like class act. Like he's just a, such a great actor. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I just really gravitated towards his role in the in those the Nolan trilogy. But Michael Keaton also does one hell of a job. So I I mean I can't. It's hard to pick, honestly. It's anyone but Clooney, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep keep the nipple suit over there, man. We don't need that. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he's still got that at home. Just, just, just puss it on every now and then, just, just to impress his wife. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the Robert Pattinson interview of that GQ series, he actually tried out for Batman in Clooney's suit because they had like, cl- like they had like suits for the trials and stuff like that. And for some odd reason, he did that one, and he was like, "Yeah, it kind of felt weird to put it on, <laughs> like all that stuff." And so, but that was funny. But yeah, no, he definitely probably still has it at home. I'm sure, his wife loves it. <laughs> Is is there a future for Pattinson as Batman then, or or is this someone that you you can think of that would be like the ultimate actor for Batman? I th- I think they're working on a, like a trilogy with Rob, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, God, who directed that? Is Matt? It was Matt Reeves, I believe, who did that, mm. and he's the one who did um, Planet of the Apes as well. So really. Yeah, the the newer ones, I believe. So I think he said that they have a deal for a trilogy with Rob, which I think would be cool. I mean, he—I don't know if you you saw the film, but he I mean, he did a really good job for what it's worth. I don't. I, I didn't actually see it. I don't, did you see it, Jamie? I can't remember if you. I did. Mentioned yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm from the the school of thought that all movies are forty minutes too long. <laughs> um so yeah that was a bit on the on the long side for me but the the aesthetic was was wasn't was 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 interesting um and yeah that was some of that was filmed in glasgow as well so i don't think they needed any cgi (laughs) it's just naturally (laughs) grand yeah (laughs) i love that so dc or marvel then which one you got it you got to ask people this question you're right you're right um <laughs> it, i mean it's probably marvel um j- just because i just know so much more about it like i don't know dc's kind of in the dark for me and in terms of their cinematic universe it is clearly a walking disappointment so <laughs> i can't i mean gosh the justice league was ooh, that was rough like <laughs> suicide squad suicide squad <laughs> Like they just got so much going against them. I mean, like, and that's not even like judging the source material. Like, I'm sure the source material is absolutely wonderful. Like, I know my friends talk up like the animated shows that came up, like that came out a while ago. Like they say those are phenomenal. Um, it's more like thematic and not like so grandiose superhero. You know, there's like some discernible themes you can pull, mm. which I think Marvel lacks a lot of the time. To be honest with you, I think it's just like, oh, how much money can we spend on a movie? You know, and it works for them, so I mean, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like like movie source material, I'd, I'd probably have to say Marvel, but I, I'm open to my mind being changed. <laughs> uh, well, um, when I was younger, I guess the Superman films, the uh, Christopher Reeves Superman films were the films to see, and the Adam West Batman was still played on TV, so that's kind of my era of kind of superheroes. So, mm. 
So yeah, I guess I guess some of the the modern ones are just can be a bit weird at times. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think technically Blade would have been the first one. I I mean, apart from the Batman films, obviously they were always there. Mm -hmm. But I think like aside from that, I think Blade would have been the first superhero-ish comic book style movie I saw. And I think it's interesting. I think I've heard they're going to revive that as well, aren't they? Is that something? Okay. They are, yeah. And I believe they have the original actor coming back too, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. So. Big up Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, the world also needs more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Maybe not directed by Michael Bay, but I'm on board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think that's a popular response, actually, uh, from the guests that we've had on. It's like, let's have more turtles, but but better. <laughs> Less explosions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what did we say? I think we said Martin Scorsese should give it a go. Just oh, that'd be, that. that'd be wonderful. I would watch that any day. <laughs> <laughs> like De Niro as, as, uh, as Raphael. Just, just all these old mafia actors, just plain turtles. Yeah, I gotta get Pacino in there. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, someone like hilarious. I don't know, like Judd Apatow, just give it a go. Just just make it like like really schlocky. Just like <laughs> Will, Will Ferrell well, plays I, all four turtles. <laughs> I'd love Wilson that. As, uh, Splinter. Who? Owen Wilson. Owen not Wilson. Even good, not even the good Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't remember if I asked you an email, Shane. So I, I we asked all the guests to mm -hmm. name something like underrated and overrated, and the response we get back is is like wild. Like it, it, it's, it could be anything. So I don't know if I, if I asked you if I did. You did, I yeah. Any time to think about that? Yeah. So overrated, I said sushi. I think sushi is the most overrated food. Like, I, I I don't like it at all. And it's not like, I love Chinese, Japanese, like Thai. I love all of that. Sushi just has to go. Like, it's just not worth it. I don't know. In the Bennett case. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Is that a hot take? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, like... I agree with it. But then I'm a fussy eater, so you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we just yeah, outed you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. I'm just going to sit over there and cry for a while. Yeah, he's, he's going to Wagamama's to have a bit of a cry. But there's no sushi now, so you know, I'm unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, underrated then. What's what's truly underrated for you? I I said ultimate frisbee. I, I think it's I think it's underrated. It has the intensity of football. Well, I should say intensity of football because Americans love football. I don't get the appeal, mm -hmm. but I digress. Um, but yeah, like I I don't know. I just think I mean, it takes a lot of finesse. Everybody like I feel like in football, you know, it's like okay, the QB has to be the one who knows how to throw, right? Yeah. And then if they want to throw a trick play, why not go for it? But like an ultimate, everybody has to throw. Everybody has to have that toolkit and they have to do everybody else's job. Sure, there's people who like, you know, there's positions and stuff like that, but I don't know. I just think it's super cool. And it's also interesting. The local team we have in Pittsburgh, um, 
Like I went to one of their games once. It was like eight bucks to go to like a professional ultimate Frisbee game. Like this is, this is ridiculous. Granted it was like $30 at the time to go watch a pirates game, which is our professional baseball team. And they're the laughing stock of the city. But um, I digress, but uh, it's cool. Cause like they'll pull up like their name card and they're like, Oh, he plays this position and is like a mechanical engineer. Like it's not a full-time job. Like it can't finance itself. So it's just interesting. You have these guys like running around with PhDs slinging frisbees. Like you know, it's it's just interesting. I don't know. It's like oh, he's a he's a professional athlete by night and nine to five or by day. You know. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to take this this clip right here and, and send it to like every ultimate frisbee like organization, like everyone I can think of, and just and say, look, this this is what you're missing out on. Like if, <laughs> if you don't get the sport by now after listening to this, then there's no hope. Is it? Is it got like, like a roller derby vibe to it? Then, or is it? I I don't I don't know if I'd go that far, but um, I, I'm also not too too versed in that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, this the fan base isn't very big, and I know people more uh, gravitate more towards like disc golf and stuff like that as opposed to ultimate, just because like it's a little closer to home because people understand golf. So if you just replace it with a frisbee, it's the same thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think it gets the love it deserves. Cause I mean, I, I've been playing it since like high school. Like I have, I have a group that we get with every now and again, we will play some games and stuff. It's, it's just a blast. You know, it's a good time to just run around. Even if you don't know how to throw a Frisbee, you just, you just catch it and you hand it off to somebody else, you know, anybody can do it, you know? So it's, it's kind of a university sport over here. Um, mm-hmm. most universities seem to have a team, so yeah, a lot of universities have it here too. It's it's more of like a club sport. I don't um, know too many that take it like to the professional. Like you're gonna get scholarships if you go play frisbee somewhere. But I mean, I don't think it'd be unheard of for sure. Have you seen a movie called Basketball? Out of interest, I have not. Ooh, okay, so <laughs> it, it combines like so many of, of like my favorite things. So you've got Matt Stone and Trey. Sorry, Trey. Yeah, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, South Park guys. They invent a sport called basketball, which is cross between basketball and baseball. The soundtrack is like late nineties punk rock. Right on. So you got like Real Big Fish did a load of songs, Less Than Jake, that sort of stuff. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and it's all about getting a sport from the driveways to like an international stage. So what I'm thinking is get those guys back in town and say, look. Here's a sport you can you can really get behind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean I think I'm behind it. Yeah. <laughs> or 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 a dodgeball kind of film, I guess. Oh yeah. Be, yeah. Dodgeball's iconic. Big fan. Yeah. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> was it was it you, Jamie, I was talking to about that being like one of the last truly good sports films. Or oh, sorry, sports comedy uh, films, I should say. I'm not sure. Maybe. Mm. On an episode about two years ago. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think we had a conversation because there was one about, uh, there was a film about Crown Green Bowls that was kind of in a similar vein, kind of that uh, zero to hero vibe. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that probably would be the last sort of comedy sports film. Yeah, I can't think of any more. And that's a Oh, it's about ten years old, isn't it? Fifteen years old. Yeah, probably, probably older. 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 2006 ish, mm. 2007. I could be wrong. I usually am. <laughs> uh, so that the market is is open for a, a comedy sports. 2004. Two thousand four. Yeah. Wow. A fairly niche market, I guess. Though, I mean, I, I'm be honest. I don't think I can name too many sports comedy movies. No. Um, no. Yeah, there isn't. Although saying that, there was. There seemed to have been a lot. Like, you would have had Waterboy. You would have had Longest Yard. I guess. All around a similar sort of time. Mm. But yeah, it, it seems to have just like the world grew up. Maybe, which is a shame because they, like some of those films are just awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's like, because then it's like, oh, okay, then like the sports movies turn dark. Then you have like The Blind Side, which is like, you know, uh, a, yeah. a, a bit a bit more sad. And you have like Moneyball talking about like the more like logistical things and stuff like that. I don't know. It just seems like it became more okay. informative than funny. Mm. Yeah. Um, we'll just have to write it. Got no choice, have we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to ask us? I mean, what's it like over the pond? I mean, I, I haven't been, so might as well ask what that's like. Um, Seeing as you've been both sides, it's probably better for you to answer that one. It's weird, you know, because like the way you describe Pittsburgh as being this like cultural city with like tons of bars like a this vibrant music scene that's that's like just sort of bubbling at the surface like so we live quite close to a city called Nottingham which is like pretty much like smack bang in the middle of England and to me that that sort of does describe the 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 way that city is like it's got a music scene that's so even Sheffield maybe as well yeah like although Sheffield's got like the big arena Although Nottingham has actually, to be fair. <laughs> but so I don't know if you have this in America where like big like banks and corporations will buy small venues. So it will change its name to like I don't know, like the Chase Academy or I don't know, like an example. But like mm. Nottingham has a venue called Rock City. And it's it began as Rock City and even now it's still Rock City. Like it's like the last true independent venue I can think of um, but yeah but although I say the difference is that you guys have got the, this election um, circus I'll, I'll use that word I think oh that's I mean I'm not kidding you I thank god it's over it, it, it the polls were yesterday like woo, we're done yeah. we made it but like I on Saturday I had eight texts from political people that are that are not in my contacts like really? and i got like three or four different emails every single day like just i'm just constantly blocking it like it's just funny though because like I'm, I'm not gonna get super political here but like instead of like talking about your like platform and what you plan on using it's just smear campaigns that's all it is like how am i supposed to vote for somebody when it's just constant slander thrown back and forth you know but I'm I'm done with that political rant. But <laughs> I just think it's funny. I'm happy it's over. You know, the grass is greener on the other side. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. Bring back Jed Bartlett as well, I think. 
it's always good to have a fictional president, I think. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Any anything else? We've got nine minutes. Um, I mean, we'll ask you then, Shane. Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you? I mean, we mentioned the band and stuff, but is there anything you're working on? Anything you want people to know? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're working on some new music, so stay tuned for that. Um, we got a new single called Sick of You Out. It came out a month ago. So if you guys want to go stream that, it'd be awesome. And uh, if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you want to come to a show, we're playing one on Monday. I don't know if this will come out by then or not, but uh, if, if it doesn't, we just stay tuned. Follow us on all of our socials, and we, we play shows around all the time. So we're also working on a tour for uh, spring and summertime. So we'll be around. Awesome. Uh, so where can we find you on social media? Uh, so just at Main Street Detour on everything. Luckily, nobody, you know, makes a Instagram closing off a road. So <laughs> we, we, we locked off on that one. <laughs> um, listen, Shane, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like, this has been such a good chat. Like, I mean, we wish you well in your band and, and the future of, of Hope you break through the Pittsburgh scene and hope that it just goes beyond and hope you find yourself on the road somewhere just, just gigging with like the biggest bands like let's say like ten years time Bling One Eight Two do like a I don't know what would it be, like a forty year anniversary. Something like that. I, I think that'd be absolutely awesome. <laughs> you, you guys are just there on the support, just like Yeah. No, we wish you well, dude. I think um yeah, I think your band's got a good uh, good future ahead of you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. And likewise to you guys. I hope you do well and everything. So. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for talking to us, Steve. Have a, have a great day. Thank you as well, man. See you later.